I just want you guys to fight about if, you know defending John the Baptist or something. That's what I'm yeah. hoping. That's what happens here. All I have is commentators are undecided. <laughs> One group says this, another group says that. Everyone did what was right in their own. Mind. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> did. <laughs> All right, I think I think we are live, gentlemen. Well. Welcome to our pastor's Bible study here today. We're glad that you've joined us, whether you are, whether you've just been refreshing the page over and over again, waiting for the live version, Anxious. or whether you're watching it uh, some other time uh, here this week. We are in the Gospel of Luke, and this is, uh, it's the third gospel in order in your Bibles, but it's the fourth one that we're doing. We've already done Matthew, we've done Mark, we did John, now we're doing Luke, because we're kind of smushing Luke and Acts together. So get, just get comfortable with Luke as the author of what we're reading in the Bible for the next few weeks. But we're in Luke's Gospel here. You know one of the funnest things I always do at Confirmation? Oh, yeah. Is I, I say to the kids, okay, you guys have been going to church here for eight years, or you've been going to school for nine years. Mm -hmm. Let's make a list of the 12 disciples. Oh, yeah. And inevitably, mm -hmm. they start out with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, you're already half wrong. And then we keep yeah. going, you know, and yeah. they add guys like Paul yeah. and Barnabas, and pretty soon we've got 23 disciples. Mm -hmm. And I say, now wait a minute, there were only 12. Yeah. And people are like, wait, Bartholomew? Like, you didn't have a book in the Bible, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Luke, um, yeah, not a disciple. Well, not one of the 12 disciples. Picked up in Philippi. But definitely uh, is a, you know, someone who does a lot of investigative work to find out... A European. He's one of us. He is one of us. That's yeah. right, yeah. He's smarter than me, though, at least. He was a medical doctor, so... Um, but he also, we believe... Well, and we're going we're gonna to talk about this, but, you know, um, the role of women are really highlighted in... in Luke and Acts both, yep. and it is believed that, especially based on uh, some references in Luke, you know, the first couple chapters of Luke, that he probably inter like interviewed Mary. Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, as he was putting this this whole thing together, this story of Jesus. Who else would know? And Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Yeah, that's kind of a like a bold statement to make, unless <laughs> Mary literally said to him, Mary I've him. been pondering these things in my heart <laughs> for many years, been treasuring them up. Uh, okay, so if, if you're following along with your Bibles here today, we're going to start in Luke chapter 7. And basically, we're just going to do the second half of Luke chapter 7 today. Um, you know, when you get three pastors together, it's, it's hard to get through more than like 20 verses of the Bible because we just keep talking <laughs> about stuff. Uh, so this is this is one story that I think is pretty well known. Um, John the Baptist sends these messengers to go ask Jesus a question, uh, and so let's just read here Luke seven uh, eighteen to twenty three. We'll just do a little bit first. Uh, Pastor Josh, would you get us started? The disciples of John reported all the all these things to him. And John, calling two of his disciples to him, sent them to the Lord, saying, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And when the men had come to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you, saying, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? 
In that hour, he healed many people of diseases and, plagued, uh, and plagues and evil spirits, and on many who were blind, he restored sight. And he's, uh, he answered them, Go and tell John all you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised. The poor have good news preached to them, and blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Okay. So, provocative question here. Uh, does John the Baptist actually doubt Jesus, that Jesus could be the Christ. He's sending these disciples of his to go and, and ask Jesus the question, what gives here, guys? Could be. Well, first of all, where is John the Baptist when this is happening? Why can't he go and ask Jesus himself? <laughs> Herod has him all tied up. Yeah, that's one way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's in prison, isn't he? That's what, yeah, I think Matthew's gospel makes that more clear. <laughs> yeah. I believe, I think Matthew 11. Uh, yeah. But, but yeah, he's, so he's, he's in jail. He's in prison. Might have been there for quite a while. Yeah, yeah, we're not sure. <clears throat> and you know, ultimately, he, he does get beheaded. Um, but at this point, he is sending people to go and ask Jesus, you know, hey, are you the guy? Or uh, should we look for another? You know, John's like, did I prepare the way for the wrong guy? Yeah. You know, <laughs> maybe he was thinking, well, maybe that means I get out of jail because I still have to go do some preparation work for a different guy. Yeah. Well, you know, that part about him being in jail is an interesting thing. You know, just think about from a human perspective. He's got a lot of time to sit and a lot of time to think and a lot of time to overthink. And so, I, in my mind, it's natural that he would be like, oh, what if I got this wrong? Mm-hmm. What if I did prepare the way? Like this was this was my life's job to prepare yeah. the way. What if I prepared it for the wrong person? So I think, you know, this is speculation on our part, but I think you know that's certainly one uh, avenue. Is you know he, he just he had a lot of time to think, and as does anybody when they have too much time, their mind goes in places and they start to doubt even things that they were once really confident about. And so mm-hmm. I think it, it might just be a, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I'd like some, I'd like some uh, certainty behind this. Mm-hmm. Well, John, yeah, I'm sure John didn't exactly think, well, I'm going to end up in prison. And, well, if, if this guy is really the Christ, why what, would he let me stay What in am prison? I doing in yeah. prison? Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, I, I remember very well from a class in seminary, um, my professor said basically, like looking back to Luke chapter 4, which we read in church this past weekend, Jesus reads from Isaiah 61, and he says, you know, it's a bit, I, I think Jesus in his response here is basically saying, hey, yes, again, like I've already said back in Nazareth, I am the Isaiah 61 guy, I'm fulfilling these things. But notice, so he kind of just reiterates that quote. He says in, in Luke chapter 4 is, um, he has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives. Notice he doesn't say that part here. Yes, he does. Because <laughs> John's like, wait, I'm a captive. I'm a captive. Where's my liberty? <laughs> so I, I, just, I still kind of laugh at that. Yeah. Like he, he leaves that part out <laughs> here when he responds. Well, I think it's this. interesting, too, that uh, this follows the raising of the widow's son at Nain. Mm-hmm. And the people... You know, when Jesus, uh, th- 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 this is the first resurrection miracle, yeah. uh, we think, and then Lazarus was the second, and uh, Jairus' daughter was the third. But uh, um, 
Fear seized them all. This is back in verse 16. And they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has arisen among us. And this report about him spread them through all of Judea. And maybe that's the report that got back to John. And if he was having these second thoughts, mm -hmm. uh, maybe this is just another prophet like me. Someone who's still preparing the way. Mm -hmm. a, a great prophet has arose among us, yeah. Uh, and and uh, so that that's one. You know, it, it it doesn't affect our salvation one way or the other if we allow the possibility that as great a man as John is, and we'll get to that in a minute, that he had doubts. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. But there are commentators who say, "Oh no, oh no, John was not having doubts. He was sending his disciples." Mm -hmm to be taught because they're the ones who had doubts. Yeah, yeah. I, I've heard that one too. You've heard that one. Yeah. yeah. I don't buy that one though. You don't buy that? You no. you want to give permission to for even the greatest among us to have a doubt. I, I'm very comfortable with uh, having the more raw, rugged view of my biblical men and characters. Women. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. I, the, I the, agree. The flawed version of them. Yeah. yeah, no, I I think it's because uh didn't Elijah raise somebody too from the dead? One of a kid. Yeah, Elisha. Yeah, yeah. And and I just think that's a real possibility that mm -hmm. getting the report about, wow, Jesus could bring the widow's son back. This is a this is a great prophet like Elijah. Yeah. And uh, and and maybe that would cause him to, you know. And then and then isn't it interesting that Jesus says, yeah, go back and tell him all these things. Blind receive their sight, the lame re walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I love how Jesus, uh, I'm in the wrong place. I love how Jesus responds. Um, you know, he does, the, he does these things and like, just go back and tell him what you saw. Like yeah. it's, it's just like, mm -hmm. not like a, it, it, not, I don't want to say snarky, but it's like a, you, you tell him. Mm -hmm. like, I, I don't know. I just yeah. yeah. I, I just love that the way he goes about. He's in control, isn't he? He, he doesn't. He's tell. always in control. Yeah. He shows them. Yeah. And I think that's significant. Like, okay, let's let's go with that theory yeah. of John sent his disciples because they had doubts. Well, mm -hmm. I mean, they they see it for themselves now, and mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, well, you you have to hear from somebody else too. <laughs> I think the other thing that John could have. Uh, could have been doubting, mm -hmm. or at least a question would have risen in his mind, is remember when he baptized Jesus, he spoke of Jesus as one who would, would bring judgment. You know, a winnowing fork is in his hand. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you brood of vipers. And the stuff he's hearing coming back here about raising little boys from the dead and healing dead, you know, blind people, and yeah. it just doesn't look like the judgmental Messiah that he kind of, you know, spoke about in the desert, mm -hmm. and and so that's another thing that maybe John himself was looking for more fire and brimstone. You know, he didn't quite understand, you know, what you shared in your message last Sunday about, you know, the the downtrodden, the discarded, mm -hmm. you know, and showing compassion and mercy to them. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's another very reasonable explanation for John's questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Well, and I think um, someone explained to me too one time that some of these prophecies about, you know, giving the blind their sight, enabling the lame to walk, you know, etc., etc. A lot of people they didn't expect this these things to be literal promises. They were more like some kind of spiritual, like well, like the spiritually blind or whatever. And then Jesus comes and well, he does both. But yeah, like he's also no, that's literally. A good point. Yep. Healing physical things. Yeah, yeah. I think it is just again, it's that disconnect between what people expected. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like somebody's really excited to show you something, and then your reaction is just kind of like, "Oh, is that it?" Like, and you really. Oh, this is the person who's excited about. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then Jesus is like, you know, it's like, well, yes. I mean, this it's like patently obvious based on these signs that I am the yeah. Christ. Um, there's going to be more. There's going to be bigger and better things, but this is enough. For right now, this is this. I'm I'm exactly on schedule with what I've planned to do. Um, yeah, and so yeah, I, I think it's just it is it is tough for us though because of one of the things that Jesus is about to say. Yeah, we think, well, there's no way. Like, so we do like maybe want to defend uh, John, and I, I don't think any of us are saying like John's faith was, you know, he was like in danger of being damned or something at this point. But you know. Um, but yeah, he was he was in a tough situation. Like, why isn't this guy coming and destroying Herod or by yeah. the enemies of, of God's people? Uh, okay, so let's let's move on then. Finish up this because now uh, Jesus gets to go on on a little get to get on his soapbox a little bit here. Do some teaching. Yep. So, uh, <clears throat> Pastor Bugler, would you read uh, twenty verse twenty four through all the way through thirty five? When John's messengers had gone, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, those who are dressed in splendid clothing and live in luxury are in king's courts. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, but more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written... Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. I tell you, among those born of women, none is greater than John. Yet the one who is least is greater than he. Parentheses. When all the people heard this, and the tax collectors too, they declared God just, having been baptized with the baptism of John. But the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected the purpose of God for themselves not having been baptized by him. End parentheses. To what then shall I compare back to Jesus? In other words, the parentheses, I think, were Luke's little commentary. Mm-hmm. Now back to Jesus. To what then shall I compare the people of this generation, and what are they like? They are like children sitting in the marketplace, calling to one another. We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We weep. For John the Baptist has come eating no bread and drinking no wine, and you say he has a demon. The Son of Man has come, eating and drinking, and you say, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. <clears throat> Yet wisdom is justified by all her children. Ooh, all right. He did not go through Dale Carnegie's course. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, Jesus is a little wound up here. Yes. Um... What, yeah, so, so I mean, what's, what's kind of the answer to, you know, what did you go out into the wilderness to see? Yeah. Um, he asked some rhetorical questions, I guess. Yeah. 
Um, well, he, he tries to get to the various motivations for why people went out into the wilderness. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he, he comes back to, you went out for the wrong reasons unless you went out for a prophet mm-hmm. of whom it was written that would have fulfilled the Old Testament promise that a, uh, one would come before the Messiah mm-hmm. who would prepare the way. And that's who John was, for whatever reason you came out. And then, and then he goes on to that great, you know, this is what I guess we would all want on our tombstone, but it's not going to be there because John's the only one who gets it. Of that, of of men born of women, yes. nobody's greater. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't, wouldn't you like that on your tombstone? Uh, of of those born of women, it's kind of long. It's like, <laughs> it's like a, yeah, kind of an expensive tombstone. To Jeff Smith that. was the greatest. <laughs> I mean, technically, we are kind of in control, so we could have that if we wanted. Yes, that, lying, but that's true. Yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> no, the greatest tombstone is. I told them I was sick. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, verse 28 says, I tell you, among those born of women, none is greater than John. There it would have been like, okay. But then he goes on and says, yet the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Yeah, yeah. He directs us away from any measurement of earthly greatness. Mm-hmm. Earthly greatness. That's, that's a business about, too, the, the uh, dressed in splendid clothing and living in king's courts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really? Big deal. Yeah, so what, is there anything else for us to, to understand from that statement? I, I think it goes along with, you know, this idea of the upside-down kingdom of, uh, you know, even the best. Like, uh, it's not something to be, that you should strive for, per se. Or, you know, like, it's not like he has some position where it's like, he's the best. Mm-hmm. But then it kind of flips. And yeah. it's like, but the person who's on the bottom... The, the poor, the oppressed, the widow, the orphan, you know, however, mm-hmm. they're the most, they're, they're greater than he. And so it just, yeah. it, it, it flips the, the way of thinking of how like a power pyramid would be, yeah. how things work in, the, in society as far as, okay, John's the greatest, all right, put him at the top. And it's like, oh, wait, no, any, anyone at the bottom is greater than he. And so just Jesus continually flipping expectations the standards of this world and the standards yeah, of his kingdom. I think that's the that's the point right there. Jesus flips the standards of this world. Mm. Um, you know, all the paradoxes of, of Mark's gospel. If you want to be great in the kingdom, you have to be willing to be the least. Mm-hmm. A servant, uh, you know, uh, not to be served, but to serve. Yeah, you want to find child. your life, you got to be willing to lose your life. Yeah. Uh, when the disciples were... Uh, arguing about which one of them was the greatest, he turned to them and said, come on, guys, among you this should not be so. That's the, the way the Gentiles, that's the way the unbelievers m- measure greatness. But among you, uh, you know, and he pulled over a little child and said, mm-hmm. you know, so, so he does just flip, flip the concept of greatness around, and, uh, and that's John. Yeah. Yeah, it is. You know, when I, when I read about it, I think, okay, so with respect to like the earthly role that he had, it's yeah. like this great honor and privilege that also ends up getting him killed. <laughs> yeah. But you know, 
it's uh, like he is given to prepare the way. You know, he's like you know, the greatest of all the prophets, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's that role that's that's given to him, whether he wanted it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, so it's like with respect to our earthly birth. But then, I, I don't know. My mind goes to the. You know, but then, when when we're born again, um, the second time from above, you know, Jesus and Nicodemus kind of language. Then it's yeah, we're we're in the kingdom, and yeah, it's it's just yeah different measurements, uh, as you guys have been saying. But well, you go back to Zechariah, his dad's prophecy in chapter one. Mm-hmm. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. Go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to the people mm-hmm. in the forgiveness of their sins. That's he, you know, His message was a message of repentance. Mm-hmm. Because of the tender mercy of our God, who visits us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, I just think you know that was... That was his mission. Yeah. And uh, there's nobody, you know, the, the imprimatur that Jesus puts on John is mm-hmm. all we need. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, he definitely is kind of a standout, though. I mean, in, in some ways, he's kind of like what we think of the Holy Spirit's role. You know, yeah. you're talking about like, at least how I like to think of the Holy Spirit is like the Holy Spirit's always lifting up Jesus, always pointing us back to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And like John, yeah. you know, also that, that was his role. And then like once Jesus came, then you don't really need humans to do that anymore. Yeah. Then like Jesus gives the Holy Spirit. Now the Holy Spirit is like, you know, yeah. um, this witness about the Christ. Um, so John the Baptist, yeah, certainly great guy, uh, fulfilled a tremendous role, yet the one who's least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Um, but that's it from Luke, right? Luke doesn't tell anything more about. I think, yeah, his I don't death. think John. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. It's probably. Well, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> people can can email us and tell us if we're wrong. Uh, I suppose, or we'll find out. Yeah, Matthew in a couple of days, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, but so then, so so what's the difference though? Because Jesus, I, I don't know. I, I guess this was like a children's rhyme or oh, a, yeah. a song or something. You know, we played the flute for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not weep. Uh, basically, Jesus is saying, you guys aren't satisfied with either one of us. We're very different. You know, I mean, like obviously they're they're the same in a lot of ways, but like in their approach. Uh, you know where they ministered. Yeah. You know, John kind of you know went out to this remote place and had yeah more of like a fire and brimstone kind of a thing, um, and then Jesus is more like mobile, going around, and he's he is bringing words of warning as well. But he he's calling to repentance, of course, too. But he is doing the healing work, yeah. Um, and yeah, caring for the for the downtrodden, like we talked about, but. Uh, I guess, yeah, it's like, this guy, this guy was too, uh, John the Baptist, you know, he didn't, didn't have enough fun. He must be possessed by a demon. Yeah. Jesus had having too, too much, much fun. fun. Eating and drinking. He's, oh hanging out, he's hanging around some bad places with some bad people. Yeah. You know, at least, at least John talked bad about the bad people. Jesus <laughs> is real buddy-buddy with them. So, I don't know. What, what, what can we learn about 
the world's expectations, I guess, from from yeah. what Jesus says here. My commentary from the good old Wisconsin Synod says, uh, wisdom is proved right by all her children. That's similar to our saying, time will tell. In the end, you both will find out that John and Jesus had separate roles to fill in God's plan of salvation. John's work was to prepare the way by warning of the coming judgment. Jesus' work was to embody God's love and mercy to seek and to save the lost, a, a role that led ultimately to the cross. But So they had, they had different roles, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> time will tell. Uh, wisdom is proved right by her children. Mm-hmm. Just wait and watch, and you will see. Mm. Not gonna like it, huh? <laughs> not gonna like you it. You might not like it, but yeah. see. it, it kind of made me think too. You know, going back several months to when we were in Proverbs. Oh yes, wisdom. wisdom I mean, it just wisdom. made me yeah. think. You know, like oh, you know, yep. Proverbs talking about kind of like, you know, wisdom. You know, being pri- you know, a, a prefiguring of Christ. Um. So yeah, so people are. They're equally dissatisfied with John and with yeah, Jesus. Well. Give us somebody different. You know, I mean, they're 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 always just, they're dissatisfied with all the prophets that come. Um, anyone God sends, you know, Jesus tells a parable. They're always trying to kill him. Get rid of the prophets that God sends. Uh, anything well, more on this section? Well, aren't we just sinful enough to want to kind of mold our God into whatever we want Him to be? Mm-hmm. Which is what they were doing here with Jesus. I always uh, get a kick out of uh, people who say, well, I think God, mm-hmm. and then they somehow finish that sentence. Yeah. And I don't really care what you think about God. Mm-hmm. I want to hear what God <laughs> reveals about himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the God I believe in would yeah, never... The God, that's, that's oh, the yeah. One, that's yeah. another classic. Right God, yeah. 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 My yeah. Jesus would never do that. Yeah. yeah. My God would never condemn anybody to hell. Mm-hmm. My, my God, you know... And so our expectations of Jesus always fit just under where we live, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so that we can make the bar. And, uh, and that was the classic Pharisee approach to, you know, all these things Jesus was teaching and doing in the Gospels. And, and that, you know, that's what made, you know, the enemies of John, you know, which become Herod's wife and stepdaughter or whatever it was that got uh, his head beat, head, you know, chopped off. Mm-hmm. You, if you don't fit the expectations of your enemies, mm-hmm. uh, your enemies will have to deal with you some way or the other. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I love, I love like the. Jesus in the moment sometimes like verse 31 to what then shall I compare the people of this generation like this yeah. generation he sounds you know it sounds like you know sometimes I don't know certain generations might complain about other generations yeah I don't know like I mean we're I don't know if you I don't know if you've ever complained about millennials before oh no never or, I don't we've no, never complained no, about we would never think about it or boomers yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep um but yeah, Jesus is like this generation. You know, sometimes he, he'll 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 even say like you know this this twisted or wicked or corrupt or sinful. Yeah. You know, like, give all these different adjectives. But uh, yeah, he compares them to children. That's right. Which would be an insult. Yeah, children were the lowest. Of, you know, not maybe yeah. not the lowest, but they were they were low on the 
mm -hmm. important scale. So they're pretty low, yeah, because they're they were so dependent. You know, that was uh, like now we we kind of like idolize children, children and pets. <laughs> they're at the top <laughs> of our society. Um, but yeah, back then it was like. When's this kid going to get old enough that they can contribute to our family, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, anyway. Okay. I do love children. Yeah. <laughs> Just for the record. <laughs> Just for the record? Yeah. Um, all right, well, let's move on then. We've got a, another story here. And I, I, always, I always like this in the Bible when there's a heading or, or something like, A Sinful Woman Forgiven. As if there's only a handful of sinful characters <laughs> in the Bible, we have to draw attention. Uh, but I think it, it speaks to just the the public reputation, I guess, of, of the woman here. Uh, okay, Pastor Josh, would you read? Uh, just read the whole thing for us. So this is uh, we're still in Luke seven, everybody. Uh, verse thirty six. We'll go through verse fifty. One of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment, and standing behind him uh, at his feet, weeping, uh, and, yeah, standing, at, uh, standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears, and wiped them with, her, with the hair of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with ointment. Now when the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he, uh, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would have known uh, who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus, answering him, said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered him, Say it, teacher. <laughs> okay, let's, let's, let's take a time out yeah. here. <laughs> like, is this... <laughs> Are these fighting words here? Like, is, is, is this like a tense conversation? Say it, teacher. You know, I got something to say. Yeah, yeah instead he yeah. said it to himself. Yeah, so that yeah. Already, that's kind of awkward. Like, mm -hmm. say something under your breath, and they hear it. It's like, oh yeah. no. Yeah. What now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Is he like muttering this, and he said it a little too loud? Is Jesus? I mean, Jesus like would know what he said, whether it was a thought, yeah, or whether he whispered it as as low as possible. But, <laughs> um, but this is. This is a crazy scene, though, here. Like a nice dinner party full of upstanding, well-to-do people. And, like, Jesus is just talking about how people are complaining about how he associates with these sinners. This woman comes in and starts making a scene. Like, this had to have been kind of awkward to watch. How'd she on, get in? Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did hear... I, I, I don't know. I, I'm... I've heard related to this story that it was kind of a tradition where sometimes wealthier people would actually like leave their doors open and then there would be some people like poor people could come and eat what was left from the feast or something. So I don't know, maybe, maybe yeah. that was a kind of yeah. a thing where she boldly went all the way in. I don't know. But this is uh like just to to be like everyone's uncomfortable as this is going oh, yes, on. Oh, sure. you bet. Except for Jesus. <laughs> Except for Jesus. Yeah. There's always somebody in an uncomfortable situation that isn't uncomfortable. Yeah. And this time it's Jesus. Jesus is very yeah. Well, because he he's so he's so focused on this woman. Yeah. And and what she needs. Um, okay. So then, so I have something to say to you. Say it, teacher. Okay. Go on. A certain money lender had two debtors, one owed 500 denarii and the other 50. 
When they both could, uh, when they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now, which would which of them will love him more? Simon answered, "The one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt." And he said to him, "You have judged rightly." Then, turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, "Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet." You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But who is forgiven little, loves little. And he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at table with him began to say, to him, uh, say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. It's a dinner party that no one ever forgot. <laughs> I'll say. Um, all right. What what initial reactions do you guys have from this kind of just on the spot little parable that Jesus tells and and the teaching that goes after? Well, the tension continues. Um, you know, he he asks this question, and Simon says, "The one I suppose for whom he canceled the debt," and Jesus is like. You've answered rightly. Like, mm-hmm. like he knows where he, Jesus. He, he's Jesus, stuck. Jesus he's stuck. Yeah. Jesus has let him into a trap. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he, yeah, yeah, he has to walk into it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I feel like that. I suppose is kind of like this. The the answer is odd. Like I can't really <laughs> dodge the question. I, I think isn't that the same way in like with the with the good Samaritan? Doesn't the mm-hmm. person say like? The one I suppose yeah. who showed mercy. Yeah. Like, yeah. he doesn't want to say, like, he doesn't even say the Samaritan man. He's yeah. a, the one I suppose, you know, <laughs> I guess which one? made me say it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Okay, so there's tension. Yeah, there, I think there's tension through the whole thing. There is. Because um, then he confronts Simon, like, compares and contrasts him with this woman, and their different responses to him. Do you think he, Simon realized? That you know he was. Do you think he followed through all the way and realized that he's the one who, uh, you know, but he who is forgiven little loves little, or do you think? Oh, I stopped getting it. He had to be pretty thick to not to not get it. But that that's the. I mean, there's a lot we could talk about here. But yeah, that that's the thing. You know, is is Jesus really saying like you know, she had more to be forgiven for than you do? Is there a sense in which that's true? Yeah. Is there a sense in which that's also not? You know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, there's other that's places cool. in the Gospels where he is uh, criticized for eating and drinking with sinners and tax collectors, mm-hmm. and, and he says, you know, a physician doesn't come mm-hmm. for the well; he comes for the sick. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and and so this is just another case of. Where does mercy need to be shown? Mercy needs to be shown to all, but my goodness, especially to those who are in need of greatest mercy. And uh, and and the Pharisees were should have been overjoyed and thrilled that because of their righteousness, because of their good life, uh, you know, they didn't have quote unquote that many sins to repent of. But but in in fact they ended up just becoming more judgmental and self-centered mm-hmm. and 
And so Jesus is trying to teach a lesson of forgiveness, you know. And, and that's what it finally gets down to, you know. Who, who is this who can say your sins are forgiven? Mm-hmm. Those at table began to say among themselves, who, who can even say this? That you're... And of course, then he says, it's your faith that has saved you, woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it, is, uh, it is not that she earned this forgiveness because of the applying of perfume and ointment and all that, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. She earned it because she had faith that he was the son of God and yeah. the one who was able to forgive sins, and she knew she was a sinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so and she does not, she does not speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess not in this. So you know, sometimes with these stories, you'll get. I mean, these are all they're all short conversations, right? Maybe a couple yeah. lines back and forth. Um, but she doesn't. So we we are kind of left to. I mean, Jesus obviously commends her faith and her love. So at least the way I, the way I'm reading it here, you guys take it in a different direction. Um, I think she knew that there was forgiveness for her. Yeah. Like I don't know, like this this act is this an act of like of loving gratitude? Is this an act of um throwing herself at the mercy of God? I mean, wh- whatever it is, it's driven by faith. But yeah, you know, right. that that yeah. in and through the person of Jesus and you know by extension God she will be forgiven for her sins even her like, yeah. notorious I mean, she, had this, she had a reputation you know people see her like they, they know oh that's that woman who blah 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 um, like she seems to have been someone that had been completely written off as being unworthy of God's love you know just a, just a lost soul right there so I don't know you know another thing that's amazing to me is the very opening verse one of the Pharisees asked him to come and yeah. eat at his house mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know we're pretty hard on the Pharisees us yeah. Lutheran Pharisees <laughs> are pretty hard on the New Testament Pharisees Yeah. but the truth of the matter is you know this is somebody who evidently wanted to know a little more about mm-hmm. this guy that was bringing people back from the dead and healing all kinds of diseases and he learned a lesson. You've gone soft, Pastor Bugler. You're being I'm getting sympathetic soft. to the Pharisees yeah, here. Yeah. See, I, I was being more cynical, thinking <laughs> this is probably some kind of like weird political maneuver <laughs> that he had Jesus over. <laughs> but yeah, but that, that's construction. Yeah, I mean, we there, we have Nicodemus, mm-hmm. who also you know was was curious. Um, I think we've talked about this before. There were probably yeah. some. Some Pharisees who, you know, on Pentecost converted, you know, hearing Peter's proclamation of repentance and yeah. forgiveness in Christ. But well, the other thing I guess we and we've talked we talked about this a couple of weeks ago or something too. I mean, this whole matter of anointing feet and putting perfume on, you know, is mm-hmm. is something that a slave would do. Yeah, uh, that. You know that was, un was. That was under what a Pharisee would normally do to somebody who came into their house, mm-hmm. and uh, the fact that you know this woman of the town, woman of the night. I assume this means prostitute, right? Uh, yeah. That that she's the one who is acting like a. You know that's that's the, that's what repentance is all about. Contrition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and he comes for those who are sick like me yeah well and, and we forgiveness of sins every day of my life yeah and, and i think i think we do there is you know wisdom and, and truth in the statement of you know those who are forgiven much yeah they do they do love much they maybe i mean there you know, there's um i don't know think about the apostle paul i guess yeah had much sin in his background yep. you know he was convicted of that on the road to damascus and then his entire life then was like on mission. Like yeah. I, you know, it, it was it wasn't so much like he was trying to pay back God or rewrite his past. You know, I mean, he knew he couldn't do that on his own. Yeah. He's the chief of sinners. You know, he talks about and uh, to whom much but, is but given, much is required. Yeah, it, it's like this. Okay, now Jesus, you've got me. Like whatever, <laughs> whatever you're calling me to do, I will live a life of love. You know, leading to you. Yeah. Um, we're going we're to see that in the book of Acts when we uh, get through there. But Coming yeah. next. Coming attractions. Um, and of course we see more um, marveling Jesus being able to forgive sins here. But yeah. Um, anything else on this passage? Well, it's another... You could have used it uh, in your sermon Sunday about the outcasts, right? Yeah, it would have, would have been like an hour-long sermon if I had <laughs> gone through all these examples. But yeah, definitely. This is clearly the, another illustration, and, and I'm I'm going to pick up on it this coming Sunday too. When when uh, you know the the great cosmic celebration, according to the parables of Luke 15, are over one sinner who repents. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know. The fact that a lost sinner deserves, God cares about them so much, I've come to seek and to save the lost, that an all-out search is necessary. So if there's a hundred sheep and one gets lost, you leave the 99, they're okay. you got to go find that one. Mm-hmm. Or if you have ten coins and you lose one, you got the nine, sweep the house like crazy until you find the one. You know, there must be some passion in the heart of our great God that seeks the lost. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, here we got a woman who needs forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it kind of, I, I think it's kind of built into us. I mean, we love stories of unlikely turnarounds, yeah. you know, like, especially like, uh, we love hearing testimonies from people whose yep. life was completely against God and then now we see them living a life you know in relationship with God yeah those of us yeah. who were baptized as infants and have kind of been brought up in the faith mm-hmm. sometimes maybe we don't appreciate mm-hmm. uh, the amazing grace of God yeah that's true you know I once was lost but now I'm found well mm-hmm. you know God did that before I could remember mm-hmm. Well, in, the, yeah, in the waters of holy baptism. I was baptized when I was three days old. Yeah, You should have seen how go. bad I was the first three days. 
<laughs> they wanted you baptized quick. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, you're obviously joking. What a conversion! Bad I've been after that too. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was walking the way of the world <laughs> until yeah. the fourth day. Yeah, <laughs> perfect baby. <laughs> Don't you feel guilty yeah. <laughs> that you've been a Christian all your life? I I do sometimes. Actually, yeah. There there was one. It was some thing in like college or seminary where we had to go around and like tell our our like our faith story yeah and uh, I remember I had to go first in this group and I kind of like apologized for how lame my story was and uh, and the guy was like no like like you just have to you have to think more deeply you know you don't have yeah. as, as dramatic a story necessarily I mean you, obviously just even the act of baptism is crazy dramatic if you yeah. really know what's going on um, but yeah, no, I do, I do. I feel like there's um, kind of a, you know, people like Paul or this woman have a more powerful, I think, like yeah. maybe way to relate to people who did not grow up knowing Jesus. Well, for those of us who have, yeah, uh, don't feel let's guilty. let's never forget <laughs> that there are all kinds of uh, miracles that have happened in our life as a Christian. Mm-hmm. that show the grace of God in extraordinary ways even. And I always relate them to Psalm 51. Uh, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. Don't take your spirit away from me. But renew in me the joy of my salvation. Mm-hmm. And those moments of great testimony, stories that I can tell of downtimes in my life when I've been rescued by the grace of God are the stories of uh, renewing me the joy of my salvation. Mm-hmm. I, I was already saved, but those were moments when I was renewed in the joy. And, uh, and also, praise God that we were brought up by godly parents and brought to the waters of holy baptism before we even knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. But praise God also for all those moments in our life when we've been renewed mm-hmm. in the joy of our salvation. Mm-hmm. Uh, very similar to people who were born outside the faith mm-hmm. and at some later moment in life because of the faithful witness of God's word converted and became, you know, maybe even offered up a prayer of conversion and asked Jesus to come into your life. You know, those are wonderful stories too. But they're not any different really from the experience we all as lifelong Christians have had when in the joy of our salvation we have been renewed mm-hmm. yeah yeah we need daily to be renewed in that yeah. it's kind of like the same you know there, it's, it's sort of a, like a trendy thing to do like uh, gratitude journaling or stuff like that yeah. but, but like trying to be yeah. more intentional to not take things for granted and to be more intentionally focused on the blessings of yeah. our God or our family or whatever, yeah. Because yeah. I think, yeah, I think Satan does try to rob us of those things as time goes on. Um, but we have all been forgiven much. We sure have. <laughs> we are still being forgiven. And much is therefore required. Yeah, yeah. And so I think these are always interesting stories because I think I, I think it's appropriate. I mean, maybe you guys would disagree. I think it's appropriate for us to see ourselves in the woman and also in Simon. Yeah. Depending on. Yep. Yep. 
the day. I was just going to say, yeah. <laughs> it really fluctuates, even yeah. hour of the day mm -hmm. sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Choose your own adventure for that for that day. Yeah, it, you know, it's, it's kind of tough when he says, you know, from the time I entered my, your house, you didn't give me any water for my feet. Yeah. You didn't kiss me. Mm -hmm. You didn't anoint my head with oil. Yeah. <clears throat> mm -hmm. We haven't we haven't done that either. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, we've got three more verses here, guys. That's it. Three more verses. Uh, barely going into chapter eight. So Luke eight one through three. Uh, Pastor. Euclid, I guess you're up for that. Soon afterward, he went on through cities and villages, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him, and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's household manager and Susanna and many others who provided for them out of their means. How about mm. that? All right, so um, one of these women is very well known to us. Yes, but is she sometimes misknown to us? I, I think she is. Yeah, you're talking about Susanna, right? No. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, Mary Magdalene, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I thought she was, yeah. she was the next thing to Jesus' wife, I thought. she. Yes, she and Jesus, well, according to Dan Brown uh, in the Da Vinci Code, right, she was married to Jesus. Jesus Christ Superstar? Yeah, child. <laughs> she sings a whole song yeah. about him in Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah. This she was a prostitute, right? Yeah. That's going to be really bad for the people who just... Zone out for a little bit. And just, wait, what? Yeah, we're just seeing if you're still listening. Um, but she, but I think there's this tradition that she was a prostitute. It never says that in the Bible. No, no, yeah. it doesn't. She might have been. It's, it's worse. Seven, she had seven demons. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, seven demons. Seven demons. That's that's astounding. I mean, you know, that's a detail that's put in there because it's maybe it was a record or something. I mean, like, yeah. Um, Luke and Book of World Records. <laughs> yeah, and then um, very striking Joanna, who is Herod's household manager. These, That's kind these of were not poor women. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and Suzanne. Yeah, but but yeah, these are these aren't women, and and we see in the Book of Acts too some women who also had means that were able to. You know, finance basically. I guess to say, kind of, you know, the, the ministry that Jesus and his apostles would have. But um, I, I've heard it said, and maybe you guys have heard it said too, that uh, of the four gospels, Luke's gospel is kind of like like the women's gospel. Yep. Because women do play a more prominent role uh, in the gospel. Well, just think about Elizabeth in chapter one, mm -hmm. and of course Mary. The the real detail about Mary's Christmas story. Mm -hmm. You don't get that in Mark, John, or uh, Matthew, Anna, Simon's mother-in-law, the widow at Nain, the sinful woman here in the last chapter. Yeah, and the women going to the tomb. Yeah, exactly. That's, two that's, two of which were Mary and Johanna, by the way. Yes. I don't know what happened to Susanna, but yeah. uh, um, two of these three are mentioned as having been on yeah. the tomb. Yeah, and I think yeah, you know that. So yeah, these are. <laughs> 
I think I've been guilty of this before. Reading little sections in the Gospels like these, they almost seem like they're just like little filler sections. Yeah. Ah, just a transitional thing, getting from one thing to the other to the next. But it's very important. I mean, Luke wanted to specifically name these people. Whenever, whenever people are mentioned by name in the Gospel, it's a big deal. Well, and the two the two other things about this is why does he put this in? Yeah. Uh, and many others. So it wasn't just these three, and second of all, provided for them, or him, some manuscripts say of him, mm-hmm. out of their means. In other words, uh, they fed them. Yeah. Maybe fixed their clothes, uh, you know, did did the kind of things that helped the disciples mm-hmm. uh, attend to the crowds. Paid yeah. their insurance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, maybe maybe gave them places to stay, you yeah. know, when they were traveling. Yeah, depending on. Um, but yeah, I mean, th- this is again another upside down thing, where these women would would not, you know, people would have been like, I can't believe Jesus is giving prominent roles in this yeah. kind of you know enterprise of his to these women. Um, only men folks should be doing that kind of stuff, um, but they're. They're dedicated to following Jesus, and yeah, and we do see that. I think more, more even like of the healings. I mean, we just had this in full. You know, there there are women, like you said, Elizabeth and Mary, kind of steal the show in the first yeah. couple chapters, and um, yeah, maybe these were even people that gave gave Luke some uh, eye testimony when he was putting this together. A lot of speculation there, but uh, but it, but it is striking to see Luke including them uh, here. And we do want to clear up all this junk that's come out about Mary Magdalene and Jesus. Right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We probably should I mean, that, we open that, that can of worms. That stuff that, you know, has come out in the last 50 years is not biblical. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's not. Now, there there are some other books that were written. Yeah. I, I, we probably shouldn't go down this, this path, but, um, you know, it's not just like... Dan Brown, or I don't know, maybe you guys don't know who Dan Brown is, but like it's not like 20, 21st or 20th century authors are just making stuff up. There were people a lot longer ago that were making yeah. stuff mm-hmm. up, um, trying to discredit Jesus. Pseudopigrapha. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but some of these, you, you know, you you may you may have heard or you will hear someday that there. Well, there's you know there's actually more than four gospels out there. <laughs> well. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I could write a gospel. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't wouldn't make yeah. it true or anything. There, there are a lot of people through the ages that have tried to write alternate versions of things that that clearly are not the inspired word of God, and and have been, you know, denounced and set aside by the church by the ever ages. since the yeah. since the beginning. And it seems like you know every new generation people try to dust them off. Oh, did you? The church must not have known about this. Well, actually, no, they've known about this. The church has known about this for two thousand years, and we consistently yeah. reject it based on this and this and this and this. And this. So um, they do not cohere with the rest of the teachings of Scripture. And so, so yeah, I mean, it, it is a shame that Mary Magdalene, a, a faithful follower of Jesus, kind of gets even her name dragged through the mud too, mm-hmm. as time goes on. Somehow, our romantic uh, Hallmark world just wants to have Jesus to have a girlfriend. I, yeah, for some <laughs> reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, so more than you bargained for here, if you've <laughs> stayed through to the end. <laughs> um, well, we got we had some church services this weekend, huh? 
We do. It seems like every weekend we have those. We do. We, uh, we're going to finish off Luke. You started us off last week. Mm-hmm. First uh, 10 chapters. And I'm going to pick it up at uh, chapter 14. And uh, once more, as I did with John, I'm not going to go into the details of the Holy Week. Uh, we'll save that for Lent and Easter. But there's a couple things in, uh, in the last half of Luke that are worth stopping at. One of them is something that made Jesus cry. And the other thing is something that makes all of heaven rejoice. And we'll contrast the two. What are those two things? What makes Jesus cry and what makes all heaven rejoice? So that's coming up Sunday. How about that? In Luke. From Luke. Before we go to Acts. Yeah. Right? Yeah, Pastor Josh will take us to Acts the weekend after. So we've got a lot of, a lot of Luke stuff coming up and we... We'd love to have you join us for worship. Uh, come here in person or join us online and keep walking through the rest of the New Testament with Read us. Read Scripture Challenge. Yeah, we're getting there. Mm-hmm. Thanks for joining us today. God's blessings. We'll see you in church this weekend. There's a name that you don't see in uh, when, you, when you Google baby names the boys choose is not